Hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Hello everyone, my name is Raul, um, your angelic messenger, and I'm extremely excited to, um, to have my first show with Enlightened Conversations, and I would like to take this opportunity to thank Michelle Lightworker for giving me such a brilliant opportunity to be able to host five um, shows throughout season two. I'm extremely, extremely excited because my first guest is not only a friend, but it's actually my publisher, and her name is Christy Lyons. Christy is a light worker, publisher, writer, and the founder and director of Wildlife Universal. Wildlife Universal is the umbrella name for three businesses that she runs. One is Wildlife for the Soul, the second one is Wildlife Publishing House, and the third one is Wildlife for Humanity. Christy prides herself on being authentic and seeing the light and love in everyone, she meet, in everyone she meets. And this shines through in everything that she actually does. Um, helping others through the writing, helping others through becoming an artist and becoming that published author that they all want to be. Her passion is not only in writing, but also on mental health, which is quite important. Children's rights and playing a part in healing humanity. So, Christy, welcome to Enlightened Conversations, our first show. Thank you so much. I'm very excited. I've got butterflies in my tummy, as I'm sure you did when you had your first interview. <laughs> i got butterflies in my tummy and everywhere. <laughs> no, it's very, very exciting. I'm so pleased that you asked me to do this, honestly. Brilliant. Yeah. I guess I would like to start our conversation with a topic that I know that is dear to your heart as it is to me. And it's kind of like a statement. And the statement goes, achieving one's dream through helping others achieve theirs. And that's part and parcel of what you do, Christy. So perhaps you want to kind of like enlighten us a little bit more in, in that. Of what that means to me? Yes, yeah. yes, what it means to you. Yeah, so basically, uh, you know my story, but many people don't. Uh, how I came about uh, the publishing business was when I miscarried back, oh, it was now almost oh, four years ago, I miscarried just before Christmas. Um, and I was led to a beautiful book by Karen McDermott called uh, The Visitor. When I read that book, I think I read it in one night. Um, it just explained, because I was look, searching for answers as to why this had happened, you know, on a spiritual level. And prior to that, I wasn't actually very connected to my spirituality but I read this book in a couple of nights and it just resonated completely with me um, there were tears all sorts of things as you can imagine but it just made sense um, and so from there I contacted Karen and said to her you know look thank you so much because you've you've opened something up in me and you've helped me uh, to start the healing process with having lost lost a child um, and we got chatting you know that's how our friendship began uh, and she encouraged me to write about my own journey because it seemed that we had quite a few things in common when it came to um, you know, life experiences and whatnot. So 
uh, I did. And because she was doing a, at the time she was doing a compilation called Journey to Inner Light. And it was basically just everyday people who are writing, you know, a, a, a short, uh, not a full book, but a, a, a short um, edition to an anthology, just about everyday experiences and how you have reached a point of, you know, exploring your uh, spirituality. So I don't think I've ever been so excited in my life when she suggested that to me. And um, I think over the course of maybe three or four nights, I wrote the whole thing, got through, I went right back, you know, because my aim was to write about the miscarriage, but I just went right back to my childhood and the amount of things that came up during that process, you know, um, as you know, being a writer yourself, it, it, there were tears, there was laughter, there were, you know, beautiful memories. There was actually one point that I, uh, I wrote about an experience that I'd been through and it made me feel physically sick, um, which I now know was part of the purging process and the releasing process. Um, but once I've written that, it just, it, it was so, amazingly therapeutic you know uh, it was something that I didn't even realize I'd held on to for so long through my life experiences and just simply writing about it helped me to move on and so when I finally saw that in print you know it got published and it was in the compilation um, as you probably know as well having it actually published in print is, is, a, is a beautiful feeling but knowing that you've written that piece and and what it does to you internally it's unlike any other process, you know, it's, it's so rewarding and so, so healing. And when that happened and I saw my name in print and I went, Oh my goodness, you know, I'm a published author. I can now say that, you know, I know it's just a title to many people, but it, it's a proud moment, you know, and, and as soon as I did that, you know, I started, it just started, you know, I wanted to keep writing articles and, blog posts and whatever it was that I possibly could because I, I started the ball rolling and I just wanted to keep going and going, um, as you know, because this is what you've done. Um, and eventually it got to a point where Karen said to me, why don't you, you know, rather than me publishing everything for you, why don't you do this yourself? And she helped me set it all up, you know, explained to me how I could start up my own publishing company, which at the time I thought, uh, no, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't run my own business. You know, <laughs> I just want to write. Um, but then being able to, the main purpose behind it was to be able to say, okay, well, I know how it felt for me to be able to give me that, for Karen to be able to give me that dream of becoming a published author and going through that process. I want to be able to give that to everyone as well, you know, and, and that's where that's the underlying basis of White Light Publishing House is that, it's, I know the feeling that you get from being able to have your voice heard um, and not only the therapeutic side of things, but your creativity and everything that goes with writing um, to be able to give someone a platform to be able to get their voice out there and get their work out there to share with others because everyone has a story. Uh, it's so true what you're saying, Christian. Sometimes we don't realize that out of a moment of, of pain and darkness, something beautiful, the light that we always look forward in front of us, we find within by going in and, and acknowledging the pain and acknowledging what actually took place for you as a mother and building a platform that 
not that I wish you that you actually had that experience, but thanks to that experience, you were able to open the doors to people like myself to become published authors. And I know what you're saying about it's only a title, but you know what? It's such a proud title because it's not simple to achieve and it's not simple to get out there and put yourself on the line. And truly, put yourself out there to be criticized, either in a good way or in a bad way. And that's something that it comes with the territory. And I'm forever grateful that Karen McDermott uh, pushed you in that direction to open um, your own publishing house because you have given a gift to myself and to many others of doing exactly what we thought that was an impossible dream and you created that dream into an amazing reality. And for that, I'm forever grateful. As you were writing and you were going through that pain, what other feelings did you get that it actually makes you push forward and say, I know that it's hard, but I'm gonna continue with it? Because I could feel, <clears throat> now look, the, what I did was, is I started with, because I was writing um, about my life, you know, that, that's what the anthology was about. It was about writing about your life experiences. So I, and I'd always said for many, many years, you know, every time I'd spoken to someone about an experience that I could relate to, they'd go, oh, you've been through so much, you know, um, how old are you? And I was, <laughs> you know, thinking, because I look young, but, you know, I'm 37, but I'm, I'm still young. Um, and a lot of people would say to me, geez, you've been through some challenging times for someone of your age. And I'd say, yeah, I could write a book about it. You know, and that's something I'd always joke about. But never did I get to the point where I thought, oh, well, maybe I will. You know, I journaled and um, journaling is, is something that I did to help me through dark times. Um, and look, it's an, it's an amazing thing to do. I can't recommend it highly enough. But putting pen to paper and uh, first of all, I wrote about the miscarriage because that was what was happening at the time. But then I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll do a timeline. Just a brief, you know, uh, dot points starting from childhood, you know, what are the major milestones? What are the major challenges I had? You know, um, deaths in the family, um, you know, just major things that I thought, okay, well, these are the things that I always seem to be able to relate to other people about. Um, and once I wrote them down, I looked at my page and went, wow, yeah, I have been through a bit, you know. Um, and it was confronting, most definitely, you know, because I thought, okay, Going back to some of the things, you know, you think, okay, yeah, that's easy because I know I've dealt with that, so I can write about that easily and it will flow. Um, but there was one experience in particular that I realised that I had blocked out and probably one of the major experiences that I'd been through that over the years after it had happened, I just kind of, and a lot of people do this, no, no, I'll just keep going. No, no, I'll just keep going. I'll get through it. I'm not going to confront that or, or deal with that because it's too hard. You know, and I'm sure everyone's been there because it, sometimes it is hard, but it, at one point or another, it always comes back up. Um, and that experience was that my stepfather committed suicide uh, two days after I got married. Back when I was, I was almost 21, I got married to my high school boyfriend. Um, we're not together anymore. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I was on my honeymoon just to give you a brief overview of what this experience was because I think it's yeah, important for people to know that um, these sort of experiences are things that you need to deal with and, and why it's important. 
um, I was on the first day of my honeymoon and my husband and I were out for dinner in some fancy restaurant, you know, being on your honeymoon. Um, and this was also probably the, the same point I realised how deep my connection with spirit was as well, which that's another story. But um, we were sitting out for dinner and one of the waiters came over to me and said, excuse me, um, Christy. And I, I said, yes, because we we're having dinner in our hotel. Um, and they said, you've got a phone call. And I thought, oh, that's odd. Why would someone interrupt us on, for dinner on our honeymoon? Surely the phone call can't be that important. Um, and it was my mum. And she just said to me, can you go down to your room and give me a call back? Immediately, I, I said to my husband and I, we've got to go back to the room. And we got in the lift. And I remember standing in the lift and thinking, my stepfather's killed himself. And I don't know where it came from because... I had no idea that he was suicidal. <laughs> I'd just gotten married, you know, we were in bliss. <laughs> um, but I felt sick and I knew, I, I knew what had happened. Um, so I got back to my room, called my mum, and, yes, she confirmed that's what had happened. You know, I vomited and all this sort of stuff. It was horrible. Um, but going back to the writing process, when I looked at that, that part of my life on my pet list of things that I'd experienced, that was one that I thought, how am I going to get through this you know do i i've never even confronted it whatsoever and now i have to um and that was the part i was referring to when i said i felt physically sick um because i had to write about going to pack up my things in the house and and being in the same area where he did it all these really horrible things you know that as you can imagine is it, it's just it's mind-blowing and it's you know a, a really horrible feeling um but once I did that, you know, I bawled my eyes out and felt like throwing up and all sorts of things. But once I'd finished writing about it and then I was at the next point, it was honestly like a massive, I sat back and went, oh my God, <laughs> you know? Yes. And uh, I couldn't believe that I did that. Yeah. It's an experience that, that marks, yeah, a turning point in your life, but it actually marks you as an mm -hmm. individual. And it creates that, that stage in your life, what you used to be and what you are now, because our experience actually changed you. And I can relate, not exactly in the same terms, but something similar happened. And you don't know that in one minute, in one second, in, a, in one phone call, your life has actually been turned upside down. And, and what do I do now? And you can only roll with the punches exactly as you did. And you were talking about writing in your journal, and that's something that I hold dear to me. I write in my journal, and people sometimes ask me, oh, why do you become an author? What do you write? And my answer truly is because I can no longer help it. I'm constantly writing, regardless of whether it's going to be published or not. Uh, the diaries stay with me. Thank you so much for sharing that, that episode of your life that is quite poignant but also to highlight to our listeners and our viewers that, you know what, we're souls living in human experience and that human experience changes you. But sometimes it catapults you into something else that you never dreamed of. And I'm sure that that's exactly what happened to you in many different ways. Although it's not something that you wish for anybody to experience, however, having had that experience, um, yeah, you got a little bit of extra knowledge and that connection to spirit that you were mentioning mm -hmm. that 
perhaps is going to be critical and it's going to take you in a direction that you never imagined. So thank you so much for sharing that. Let's talk about that connection that you got with, with, with spirit, because sometimes people think that we are ET, extraterrestrials, and we just <laughs> so unusual that we connect with spirits. And you and I know that we are human beings, souls living a human experience, so there's nothing different. However, the connection sometimes is slightly different to what you have and what I have. So why don't you share your connection? How did it happen? How it took place? How do you manage it? So, yeah, I completely agree, you know, um, and it's something that I spoke to Michelle about earlier um, and something that I... I speak a lot about on White Light for the Soul is that the, you know, the, the terms we use, you know, psychic, medium, clairvoyant, whatever it is that, that people put the name on themselves, you know, I prefer to use the term light worker because it's more, it's um, broader. Um, but uh, everyone has different abilities, uh, different ways of connecting with spirit. And that's all it is. It's not um, a matter of, you know, I heard, I heard some psychic saying one day, um, only, only certain people are born with this gift. No, that's not true at all. You know, everyone has come from the same place and we're all returning to exactly the same place. And we're all just as much connected if we want to be as, as the next person. It's just a matter of how we connect. Um, so like you said, you know, uh, some people might see, actually phys uh, physically see uh, people who have passed or people in spirit entities. Um, some people might hear you know, all the different clairs. Uh, myself, I'm mostly clairsentient um, and claircognizant. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. I, I get a knowing. Um, and I was trying to explain this to somebody the other day of how, because uh, I also hear things or see things, but I don't see them in the sense of uh, there's a person standing in front of me and I can describe it. It's in my mind, you know. Um, I might be laying in bed, which is, I'm sure you know, late at night is when people visit, <laughs> when you're trying to get some sleep, because that's when you're most relaxed. Uh, but I might be laying there and all of a sudden someone will visit and, you know, I'll be communicating with them, but I'm not laying in bed and physically talking, you know, um, I'm not verbally talking. It's all in my mind. And, but, but when I say, and this is why it's hard to explain to people, because when I say it's in my mind, it's not in my imagination. Uh, which a lot of people get confused, you know. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, how can I connect with spirit? And how come you can and I can't? Well, you can, it's just trusting what you're getting, you know. If you've got something that seemingly comes out of nowhere, you know, you hear a song that you haven't heard in a gazillion years, but all of a sudden it pops into your mind, well, then that's, that's come from somewhere. It's not your imagination, because why would you be thinking about it, you know? Um, if you suddenly see a face in your mind and you can describe what they look like and uh, you know, they're, they're giving you a message, you know, to, I need to go this way to work today, or I need to write this down or symbols or all sorts of things. Um, this is where I try to explain to people is it's a difference between you thinking, oh, I'm just imagining things or I'm making things up or just trusting what you're getting and, and using it because that's when it starts flowing and that's when you start getting more is when you're trusting it and you're yes. actually, listening, you know? Yeah. The, the little angel that I post daily on Facebook uh, 
today actually the message that came through and I was just sitting there waiting to say, okay, what message is going to be through? And the message that came through was trust. Uh, and I was getting myself organized to do this uh, interview with you, Christy, and, and you get the butterflies and you start trying to think, mm -hmm. what am I going to do? And suddenly you get that message, okay, just trust. It's, it's not like you're interviewing somebody that you never met. You're talking to a friend. So yeah. why not go with that conversation and go with the flow? And that message of trust that I posted in, in Facebook is truly about you allowing, as you were saying correctly before, your own connection to source. Whether you call it source or whether you call it the creator or God or whatever it actually fits within you, let it come through and don't think that you're actually going bonkers because you're not. It's just that people sometimes are afraid of they quant they cannot really explain or understand. And this is why these conversations are so important. So we're not trying, well, hopefully we reach the masses, but we're not trying to do that. We're trying to appeal to people that perhaps have some questions that they haven't been answered. And by you telling your story, Christy, they're going to realize that, I don't know, you're not with a halo, you haven't got wings. It's all about the energy and all those <laughs> And although angels are depicted in that way for us to understand, it's truly about that, that energy that comes from source that we give that angelic realm to it. But you will call it the spirit, and another Michelle call it spirit. I call it talking to my angels, and that's the way that I communicate. Nonetheless, your pathway from writing that short story for a compilation to get in your publishing house, now has, well, since the middle of 2016 to now, things have actually, to put it in a really graphic way, exploded for you, mm -hmm. but in a really nice way. Tell us about it. Yeah, sorry. Um, well, look, when you, so I just wanted to go back for a moment, if I can, um, just because it came to mind, that's all. Um, when that experience happened with the miscarriage and, and all of that sort of stuff, I was still working in, uh, I was a childcare centre director for many years um, and that's what I was doing. But I believe that when, that started with the writing process, um, but it was when my, um, my younger son, Nate, was born is when I really fully in, in, was engrossed in spirituality. And I guess that's when I started to trust, if we're talking about trust. Um, you know, I did a lot of research after I miscarried and started looking into things. But when my son, Nate, was born, um, was when I guess I got that moment where I thought, yes, I, now I really believe it. Now I really believe my connection. Now I fully trust, you know, because a lot of people, they read books and they, um, you know, they see uh, psychic mediums and all sorts of things, you know, they, they practice their skills, but there's still that little inkling of, maybe I'm still making it up. And look, it took me a long time before I got to the point where I said, no, I'm not making it up. This is real. But I know that that's a thing for a lot of people because a lot of people message me about that and say, oh, I still don't fully trust it. Um, but I just wanted, I thought it'd be important to share with you when it was that I fully trusted it. Um, my son, Nate, was born with two holes in his heart. Um, he was born five and a half weeks premature. So he was already very vulnerable. Um, when he was 10 days old, he had open heart surgery. So uh, you, you can just imagine, uh, and especially for those people who are parents as well, this vulnerable, you know, premature baby who 
is having open heart surgery, you know, major life-saving surgery at 10 days old, you know, he was tiny. Um, now, the thing that, that scared that, that was, it scared the absolute heck out of me, you know, it, I didn't know if he was going to live. Um, I didn't know if the, the one cuddle I got to have with him before they, they took him into surgery was going to be my last. You know, you can just imagine how heart-wrenching that was. But while he was in surgery, which was about seven or eight hours, the surgery, um, I had a dear friend um, who I've actually disconnected with now, unfortunately. Um, but she was a dear friend of mine who taught me the tarot. Um, and she, she's very connected to spirit. And she, I remember her messaging me halfway through the surgery and saying, your grandfather is standing right by Nate's bed. And he's, he's watching to make sure that they're doing the surgery correctly. Because my grandfather had passed a couple of years prior and he had, um, he had more than one open heart surgery. So he knew all about it. Um, and she gave me that message. And I remember her saying to me just before he went into surgery, she said, lean into the, you know, how they're in a humidity crib. Yes. With all the wires and the tubes and everything. And she said, right before he goes, she goes, put your hand in your left hand, put it over his heart. And she goes, I want you to envision and feel the green emerald energy from Archangel Raphael flowing in from, from spirit right through your heart and into his. And I did that. I was bawling my eyes out, you know, as you can imagine, not knowing if, it, if he was going to live. Um, <clears throat> but I did that. And the feeling that I got, uh, as I'm sure you know what that feeling is like, you can physically feel the energy coming through and the love and, and that trusting feeling that, yes, this is happening and this is going to help. So that combined with the message I got from my grandfather to say, don't worry, I'm standing here watching and I'm making sure they're doing a good job. He's going to be fine. And he was fine. But, but those two things combined, you know, the healing energy and the, um, and the message from my grandfather, that was the moment that made me say, okay, yes, now I trust everything that I'm getting because that just saved my son's life. So, um, I just thought that that was, and I've completely forgotten what you said before no, no, that. Never, never mind about, <laughs> never mind. We'll, we'll get back to the question later. Yeah. We're going with the flow and it's beautiful. Um, that idea of trust, that idea of feeling the energy, that idea of truly surrendering and allowing things to actually take place without putting a question mark on it, simply going with the flow. And that's exactly what you did by connecting to source, by allowing that emerald green light from Archangel Raphael to flow through you and into him. It's just beautiful, but also what is beautiful is the idea that I always hold dear that we cannot solve everything. That's what we actually have angels on earth and a surgeon, yes, that operated on your son to actually fix its little heart. That's an angel on earth. Um, creator created all these different specialists, whether it's a, a natural therapist or it's actually a cardiologist that is going to operate on somebody's heart. They are angels on earth. And we as souls living a human experience, we cannot separate ourselves from that. And that's what sometimes people um, just say that asking Archangel Raphael for the energy as you did is going to be just enough. It is, but the doctors also needed to play a part in it. Mm. 
Absolutely. And, and like you say, that cardiologist, <laughs> I'm forever grateful to him. And, and, and it, I'm continually amazed by these um, cardiologists that work on such young children. Their heart is <laughs> tiny, you know, and, um, and you see the scar that my son's got, you know, it, it's quite big. Um, but you just think it's such an intricate surgery to be able to even be able to do that physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, all of that. But the, the heart surgeons in the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne are the best in the world. You know, so, um, you know, there's many factors that come into play. And a lot of people forget these little things too, you know, the fact that we live in Melbourne. Um, if we didn't live in Melbourne, you know, I know a lot of people who live interstate, they have to fly their children into Melbourne um, to, for heart kids that need, um, need surgery. And sometimes they don't survive the flight. You know, so the fact that, that we're living in Melbourne, you know, I'm blessed for that. You know, I'm blessed that the, 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 the doctors at where I had him picked it up so that he could get taken to, to the children's because otherwise they might not have picked it up and I might have taken him home and, you know, his, he, was, um, his, he was drowning in his own blood. You know, were, it, blood was going into his lungs. So, um, you know, all these little factors that people forget, like you said, earth angels, you know, all these doctors and, you know, even just the staff in ICU, you know, there's just so many people that are there that, that might just give you a reassuring smile or a hug that you think, yes, I needed that. Thank you. You just got me through the rest of the day. And sometimes it can be that simple and people forget that, you know, you might be walking, I'm going off on another tangent here, but, you know, you might be walking down the street and see somebody and, you know, they're looking a bit stressed and you might just look at them and give them a, uh, you don't even need to say anything, just a look to say, I understand what you're going through. You know, a parent in the shops that their child is going crazy and screaming. You know, I did that not, re not long ago in the supermarket. Their child was having a massive tantrum. And I just, she, I saw the look in her eye and I just said to her, having a fun day, huh? And <laughs> smiled, you know, but you could see her shoulders relax and go, yes, thank you for not judging me, you know. But it can be that simple. And I relate to that completely. Last year I was actually in Sydney, walking down Martin Place, and it was just hitting on five o'clock and everybody was coming out of offices and they were just rushing. And that energy was just, I couldn't handle it. And I was saying to the angels, what am I gonna do? And they say, go within and shine it out. And that's exactly what I did. I started shining my light out and suddenly people were kind of like not slowing down totally, but it was slowing down and they were looking at me and they were smiling and they were not just looking down at the floor and walking uh, at a pace to get to the train station. They were kind of like relaxing and that's when you understand that when you trust, things will actually happen your way. But also it's important to understand that don't just go to one specialist, listen to what the guidance is, yes? Um, sometimes you may want to go and see somebody like yourself or myself to give you some guidance, but sometimes we cannot operate on somebody's heart. Mm. And people, I guess the, the point that I'm trying to make is do not forget soul living a human experience. So our physical body also needs care and sometimes that care comes in the form of a doctor uh, or a natural practitioner whatever it may be, but don't you think that the spirit clicks fingers and voila, things are actually better. 
when people talk to me about manifestation, well, there's a part that we need to put from ourselves in order to manifest. Uh, the reasons that I published so far, two books, well, I have to play my part in it. Um, and you have to play your part and the printers and so on. So there's a whole group of people that they play a really good part. So don't you think that spirit is the answer to everything? To me, the way that I usually take it is a guidance. And usually they show me the way or they show me the way with a butterfly flying by or they show me the way with a little coin on the floor to say, you know where? Abundance is everywhere, just look. And for you was to find those doctors. And sometimes people think of abundance as winning the lottery. Well, you know what? You won the lottery. That's right. And it's funny you mentioned abundance because I was only talking to Sally, uh, one of our authors, Sally Glenn. <clears throat> um, we have a lot of uh, profound chats recently. Uh, but one of the things we were talking about was abundance. And uh, a lot of the time, you know, what is abundance? You know, it, people automatically say, you know, there's memes and there's quotes and there's all sorts of things all over the social media. Um, but for some reason, people automatically think, okay, abundance is, um, is money. Mm. But money is just one small factor, you know, back in, back in the day, <laughs> there was no such thing as money, you know, so, um, but abundance is everything, you know, like you said, if I had, hadn't been blessed with so many different factors during that time when my son was born, then he likely wouldn't have lived. Um, and the fact that I can see that um, as being a positive experience, because the fact that he, I went through that and he went through that uh, opened up what I was doing. You know, I stopped working in childcare because it took away from my family time and it led me down this path with spiritual guidance and, and healing and, and the publishing and all that sort of stuff. So had I, had he not been born with two holes in his heart, I probably still would be working, you know, a million hours a week, <laughs> um, you know, staying back late every night and working from home as well as at my job and, and, and not even taking this path at all not yet anyway so um i'm blessed forever that, that that happened as hard as it was at the time but i learned so much from it and this is the thing no matter what what happens in life no matter how it, and in fact the most challenging experiences we have bring us the most magic if you you know and if you're able to to look at things from that perspective i know it's difficult when you when you're in that place um but once you've been through it you know, there's never any, any experience that you go through, no matter how traumatic, there's always something that comes from it, always. Um, I remember my late grandmother saying to me, Raul, the minute that you start chasing money, it will run away from you. So do what you do because you love it. The rest will actually take care of itself. And you know what, when I was young, I did chase money and it came to me. And sometimes, well, at a particular time, you need to lose it all in order to truly find yourself and to realize, well, were those people around me because I only had money or were they true friends and who's still around me now? And at the end of the day, sometimes those people could have been family members, yeah? That because mm -hmm. now you don't have the glitz and glamour, they're no longer around. And sometimes you actually let go of friends. That type of thing that people come into your life for a reason, for a season, or for a lifetime, and you have had those, all three of those. Uh, and, and it's so important that you lived it and that you lived through it, because now you can do what you do with a sense of, 
I want to take abundance uh, to a point of self-ownership, if you know what I mean. Uh, you were talking about working thousand hours as a director of a childcare center. I'm sure you're not working any less now, because <laughs> I know that for a fact. It's that ownership that what you do is, is your own making, it's you. You wanted to create this. And not only you created, it's just expanding so fast. Uh, from the time that I met you to now, it has grown immensely. Mm -hmm. and, and that's no coincidence. You needed to go through all of that in order to be at this point. And although it was hard and you have hard lessons, so did I, but you know what? I am grateful for those lessons that you live that it brought you into my life. Oh, I think. <laughs> uh, because I couldn't have done it without you. And people, uh, and I speak for myself, you always think authors, oh my God, uh, kind of has demigods. And then no, there's just people like you and I that they gave it a go. And I remember once somebody told me, you know what, if you write a page a day in one year, you got a book, 365 pages. It's just demystifying that idea that only like you were saying, only a certain group of people can be connected with the spirit. Only a certain group of people can be authors. And you can be whatever you want to be, but you're going to have to put something of you in that manifestation process. Otherwise, it will not happen. Well, that's the thing. And when you're talking about manifestation earlier, you know, I have a lot of people, you know, because I do, I provide spiritual guidance and readings for people. But one of the most common um questions or or queries that i get and i'm sure you've seen this too is uh you know when am i going to find love and they're always common you know when am i going to get money or am i going to get a new job and you know all these sorts of things but i continually say to them yeah i can give you guidance of what it is you need to do more often than not a lot of inner work needs to be done um and actually i've found um very recently that the same type of guidance I'm having to share with people. It must be the time of year. Um, but that they need to really get in there and and allow themselves to be raw. You know, um, and, and one of the examples I give them is, uh, you know, you can put a Band-Aid on a, on, a, on a wound and keep putting a Band-Aid on and keep putting a Band-Aid on and it might fix it for a period of time. But underneath, it's rotting and it's getting infected and it's doing all these nasty things. So until you reach in and rip it out so that you can properly release and clear it and clean it and allow it to be raw and painful, um, then it's going to keep happening, you know, and relating back to, to manifestation, there needs to be action from people too. You know, you, like you said, you can't click your fingers and say, okay, bring me my soulmate. You know, which, sorry, uh, that's another topic, but soulmate, I don't believe is what a lot of people think it is. Um, but, you know, you, you can't just click your fingers or send a prayer and say, okay, well, let me win Tats Lotto. You know, yeah. not as simple as that. No, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying and, and the word soulmate. And I usually say to people, you know what? I found a bunch of soulmates with my group in Wildlife Publishing House. And those are the people that you actually resonate with. They don't need to be uh, the love of your life. That's a totally different uh, color of fish. But the idea of people looking for love, and sometimes you ask the question, so do you go out? And people say, no, I'm really a homebody and I just don't go out anywhere. <laughs> so how did you expect love to come to you? 
is it going to knock at your door? I don't know, maybe you fall in love with the milkman or the, or the postman, but unless you really put yourself out there. And I'm not talking about going to a nightclub because that's probably not the place to live for life, but going to a social event with friends and somehow you meet somebody new. And that's sometimes that you see and spirit gives you that guidance to give to that person to say, socialize a bit more. Because in that social environment, you may find somebody that will complement you, will not complete you because you're a complete person. And that's the thing, you know, and, and a lot of the times I ask the question first up, you know, if they ask me about finding love, I'll say, well, what is it you want from somebody? And they'll give me a list of things, you know, I want attention and affection and um, for them to care for me and genuinely love me and all these lists of things. But then I'll say to them, well, do you give that to yourself? Genuinely, you know, do you give, do you nurture yourself? Do you do you, can you look in the mirror and say, yep, I'm 100% happy with who I am? Um, you know, and all those lists of things that they're looking for in a partner. If they're not, if you can't give those things to yourself, then how do you expect someone else to? And that's that's I truly believe that. You know, if if you don't like the person you see in the mirror, for example, then why would you be attracting somebody else to 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 love those aspects of you if you don't love them yourself? You know, and if you're not giving yourself the respect, um, you know, to set boundaries and say no to things that you don't want to do and, you know, we could go on forever. But and when it comes to looking for love from another person, if you're not giving yourself those things, then I, I don't believe that you're attracting the right person to be able to give you that either. Yeah. And you were, you were just mentioned, you mentioned a phrase that you actually remind me of a colleague of ours. You were actually mentioning aspects of you and... A colleague of ours, Rosa Carafa, she wrote a book called Access of Me. Uh, kind of like looking inwards and seeing who you truly are and what you're actually offering to the outside world. And that's quite important. And uh, I remember my, yeah, my sister that she lives in the States, my older sister, she says to me, look at yourself in the mirror naked and then go down from top of your head down without criticizing. And if you criticize, you start over again because you need to love everything in order to send that energy of love out. Uh, and not many people actually stand in front of a mirror and look at themselves, unless they're making themselves up and they're going out. But otherwise it's a quick thing and off you go. Nobody truly stands there. And I have done it and it's quite confronting um, because it's not an easy thing to really look at yourself and not criticize. Yeah, <clears throat> and not only the physical appearance too, but one thing I I noticed too is that until, and it's a, this is a hard lesson that I had to learn for myself too. Um, you know, I kept getting into relationship after relationship and it wasn't working, it wasn't working. You know, I'm sure everyone's been down that path and you wonder why. Um, but it wasn't until I was on my own and it had to be for quite a while till I could sit there and genuinely say, I enjoy my own company. You know, until you can you can 100% say, yes, I enjoy my own company. I'm not in need of validation from someone else or idle chit-chat to keep me distracted. You know, um, you need to be able to, that's part of loving yourself, I believe, is being able to like yourself too and um, to feel content and at peace with just being alone and just, just being, not being able, not having to keep busy or, or distracted or, you know, anything like that, but just be able to sit there and say, yeah, I'm happy. You know, I like being by myself. I like being able to 
make my own choices and, and do whatever I want to do, you know, and a lot of people struggle with that though. Yes. Um, and it's, it's a really good point because when you learn to be by yourself, then you can truly enjoy somebody else's company um, because you're actually willing to listen to pay attention to what they are saying, not just li listening or hearing the rain outside, truly listening to the message that they're giving you, not only with words, but also the energy that they're sending towards you. Because when you are comfortable with yourself, you know what actually feels really good. And it's yeah. not that instant gratification, it's that energy of exchange, that what, what goes around comes around. And because you're in a centered place that you are happy with who you are, you're willing to send that energy out, but also you are so willing to receive it. And that's usually what I've found in my life is as soon as you surrender, we were talking about it before, whether you're forced to surrender or whether you do it by choice, that's when everything starts happening. That's when you start getting um, you know, messages and that's when you start receiving what it is that you've been trying to manifest. And you know, you've been looking for love, you know, um, that might be one of your goals, but it's not until you truly surrender. And I don't mean going, okay, I'm ready now, I surrender. <laughs> you know, there's a difference between saying, okay, yeah, I do, or truly going, you know what, I don't need anyone. I'm all right, I'm happy. Oh, when, he, when, he, when he's ready to come into my life, he will. That's when it'll happen. Yeah. But you have to uh, truly believe it. And not in a case of, well, it, it is love, but it's not love of somebody companionship, but. In that case, for me, I, I was looking for a publisher for years, written that book and put it in the safe, in my gorgeous little diary, all of that, and looking and looking and nothing actually came through until I've actually, I didn't give up, I didn't just throw hands in the air and say, well, I give up, I surrender. It was truly to say, I've actually talked to the angels and say, you know what, I've written it, I am ready, just bring the person, the publisher, to me whenever it's time for me to meet that person. And it didn't happen until last year that I've actually met you and through social media, through a competition that you're running and because I saw the name of Publishing House, I went and researched and then I found you. It was that I needed to surrender. I needed to just let it be without constantly looking for somebody to help me. And because I was chasing that, those people were running away from me, not literally, but, but the things that they were saying on how much it was going to cost me to publish. And I thought, not in a million years. Mm -hmm. And suddenly when I let it go, it, it came to realization, it manifested because I was ready yeah. and you were ready. Yeah, and, and <clears throat> exactly right. You know, it's the same with everything, with money, with, you know, I, I actually say to my husband a lot of times, and he still doesn't believe me, but, um, you know, if you need money for something, for example, um, you know, a couple of thousand dollars to fix a car, or let's give that as an example, rather than stressing and fretting and, oh, where's it going to come from? And, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I'll say to him, it's okay. If you need it, it'll come. You know, you just got to trust that you'll have it in time before you need it. But you have to really 100% trust and understand what that means. Um, and I've done it several times. I've needed money for something. Um, and I've, I've said, it's all right. It'll come, it'll come. And you'll go, oh, and I was like, all right, it'll come. And needless, you know, lo and behold, it comes, you know, it, but it, and when you do that once and it actually happens, you, then you're fully able to trust and go, okay, well, if I need something, 
it'll come. You know, that's not to say that you sit back and go, all right, I'm just going to laze on the couch all day and do nothing. You still need to contribute, but, um, you know, if you need to work for money or whatever it is that you need to do, but it might be an idea that you get and you go, oh, I've got something sitting out in the garage that hasn't been used for X amount of years. Why don't I sell that? Or someone might be looking for something that you've got. You know, it, it could be a million and one things, but again, everything's all about trust. And if you can trust and let go of trying to control everything, um, I believe that that's how you have absolute peace. I think that we're bombarded by not only social media, but the media. You sit to watch a television program and you're bombarded by commercials, yes? On how your life should be like. And I know myself that I bought into those many times. And I reach a point in my life that I usually say, uh, unless it's something regarding health, but otherwise I usually say, if I cannot afford it, I don't need it. I don't need to put myself in a situation of having 300 credit cards and how am I gonna pay for all of those? Uh, because it doesn't serve my purpose as this soul living a human experience. It's simply allowing, I don't need to impress anybody else already done that and it got me nowhere fast. So now it's truly about me. What is it that I need and what is it that I want? And you were talking um, about age before when I'm about yeah, a couple of decades older than you, but then as you're becoming older, you're realizing that truly all you need is that love of the people that are around you and that they will support you, that they will be there for you unconditionally. And even when they've got their own lives to lead, they will still make time to get in touch with you. And that's truly what it's all about. The rest is neither here nor there. I'm not saying that we are not in, we don't deserve to have the things that we would like, but I don't know, we don't need to have the million dollar mansions and the yachts, unless it's something that you're manifesting in a good way. But if you're desperate to manifest that, more than likely we'll run away from you. And you, and you need to think to yourself, why do you want those things? You know, I, I don't believe, look, there's nothing wrong with if, personally, I don't want some massive, massive mansion or something like that, but it means nothing to me. But to some people, maybe it does. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, you know, by all means, if you want a big house or a nice car or whatnot, but you've got to think to yourself, why is it that you want these things? You know, um, you know, I, someone asked me a long ago, oh, what, if you could have your dream car, what would it be? And I just kind of looked at I don't know. <laughs> I've got a car that is safe for my kids and fits the children in and it gets me from here to there without any danger. I don't really care. <laughs> you know, things like that, it, it honestly doesn't bother me. You know, um, <clears throat> I, I know my husband and I have this conversation a lot and he's not going to like me for mentioning this, but, <laughs> but he always talks about winning the lottery and what would you buy and what would you do? And I'd say to him, well, I'd like, give to this charity and that charity and I'd travel um, and use it to, to do the, all these sorts of things. Of course, I'd look after my family and, you know, um, pay off people's houses and all that sort of stuff so they can have freedom. But I wouldn't, the last thing I would want is some massive house um, because for one, how am I going to clean it? <laughs> um, and it, it just, those material things don't interest me, you know? Yes, I like to have nice things, um, but having massive mansions or your own jet or 
why do we need it? You know, I guess, yeah, I guess I come, I come from a generation where my parents will always push you, yes, to go to school, to go to high school, to go to university and to achieve the best. And out of the three, I was the one that did it all uh, to my determinant because I paid with my help to impress people. To what point? And, but only I got to that point with experience and with realizing who was really around me and who's really around me now. And how am I going to do all the things that I really want to do without paying attention of what are they going to think? Writing that book, My Angel Connections, to me was liberating. And when it got published, even more, because now I'm not hiding in the shadows. This is who I am. Take me or leave me. I'm not trying to impress you. These are my stories. But before, I wasn't able to talk to people about angels because they would go, oh, really? And you believe in that. But that, oh, really, you believe in that, got me to the point to realize, I don't think that I need those people in my life because they are not in the same pathway. I'm not gonna try and change them, but why should I change myself and my set of beliefs to have them next to me? I'm so glad you mentioned about doing that because <clears throat> that's been a focus for me at the moment um, with the, um, the Osmanpreneur network that I'm in. Uh, they've asked you actually, won, you, you actually won an award last year for that. Uh, yeah, I got a bronze award for Influencer of the Year, which I was... Congratulations. Completely unexpected, but it was amazing. Um, but this group of women, my goodness, they're just... Uh, yeah, initially when I heard the word Osmanpreneur, I thought, oh, a bunch of business women. And I actually was a little bit put off because I thought... Oh, all these women with money, um, you know, I was very judgmental myself, you know, all these women with money and businesses and stuff like that, completely not the people I would want to interact with. That was my initial thought. But after going to the awards and the conference, every single woman that, is, that was at that conference, you know, hundreds of women, um, they're all about building one another up. You know, they've each got their own business, but there is absolutely no competition between them. There's um, I'm part of that network now ongoing um, for life, I guess. Uh, but it's all about building one another up and lifting each other up to shine. You know, this, this bunch of women are just brilliant. Um, but <clears throat> getting back to the reason why I mentioned them um, is because we were asked to choose our word for this year, uh, you know, as part of our vision board that we've done for 2017, uh, you know, for the business and what, what my word would be for this year. And the word I've chosen is real. Real. Um, the reason I chose the word real is because similar to you, uh, I'm fed up with filtering, uh, the posts that I put on my personal Facebook page, um, and in personal relationships, uh, you know, it's all well and good. You know, you have, I have the white light for the soul page and white light publishing, and, you know, we can talk about spirit openly and all that sort of stuff. We can be honest there because, uh, that's the group of souls that have chosen to to join those communities and so they understand but um i noticed that i was filtering what i was putting on my personal account for the same reason you know because some people go oh what a load of rubbish or um i'm not into that spiritual stuff and you know yeah. all the, all this sort of stuff but i thought well, why am i doing that you know this is um my personal page 
I should be able to be even more real with people yes. um, because they're the connection that I've got the a family and, and friends and you know, all that sort of thing. And I thought, well, same as you. If they don't like it and they don't believe it or they want nothing to do with it, well, they unfollow me, unfriend me. That's you it. know, it, it's my belief. Yeah, no, good on you and well done. Christy, uh, the hour has gone by so quickly. Yeah. Uh, all <laughs> this amazing information and, and chats that we have had. And just before we, um, we depart, tell us where people can find you. Yeah, so we've actually got um, a couple of websites up already, but we're about to launch our brand new website, which has White Light Universal, White Light for Humanity, White Light Publishing House and White Light for the Soul all on one website, rather than having all these different places to go. Uh, so that will be launched, we're hoping, next week. Uh, the website is whitelightuniversal.com.au. Uh, and from there, like you can, yeah. and from there you can access whether you want to go to White Light for the Soul or White Light Publishing or you want to learn more about the humanity side of things. Everything's all in the one spot that way. Um, we're also on Facebook, uh, Pinterest, Instagram. Yeah, so anywhere on social media you can, you can find us in one way or another. Um, but we're very excited about the website because we're along with, and you don't even know this yet, Raul, but along with the website launch, we're also launching a membership and a subscription option. Oh. Uh, so anyone who subscribes, and it's all free, um, they'll be able to get updates directly to their email with new books coming out, uh, with special competitions, you know, for publishing and for, uh, for reading specials. Uh, they'll get access to our digital magazine, Solasta, which is about to be released as well. Um, and I'm going to start doing video guidance every week. Brilliant. Well done. Amazing. A little bit scary for me, but now that I've done this, it should be fine. Um, <laughs> You're natural. No issue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so website again, please. Uh, whitelightuniversal.com.au. Excellent. Christy, yeah. before we go and before I say goodbye, I know that you're going to draw out of your little deck of cards the one card for the viewers please yes yes no worries yeah okay we're running out of time are we <laughs> okay no problem no okay doke oh one's flipped over okay we have it's never too late i don't know if you can see yes perfect i think the light's shining on it. it's a little bit of a glare um it's never too late so and this is not just based on age. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of people think, oh, it's never too late that I'm too old. But it's not just based on that. You know, I'm a... I graduated, I graduated from university with an 86-year-old lady. Well, there you go. And, and she said to me, never too late. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be with work or study. It could be, I've always it, wanted to dance. Yes. So go and do it. You know? Correct. Always Correct. away. Yeah. <laughs> Christy, thank you so much for being part of my first program. It was truly a pleasure, an honor, a privilege. I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mwah.